Welcome to Sundial. I'm Carlos Frias. The stories that comedian Dale Elliott Jr. grew up hearing in Jamaica were pure comedy. Dale didn't need a TV for entertainment. He had his grandmothers for laughs. One was laid back, the other a strict disciplinarian. Depending which house he was in, Dale had to adapt to Granny's rules. That's part of the inspiration for his comedy. Dale is touring throughout the U.S. with his new show, Problem Child, Bad Pickney, with a stop in Broward. Dale knows South Florida. His father still lives in Fort Lauderdale, and his U.S. grandmother goes to all his shows. Getting here was a journey. Dale was cast in a movie called Sprinter, loosely based on the life of the famous Jamaican sprinter Usain Bolt. Acting got him a work visa to come to the U.S., where he saw his father for the first time since he was a boy in Jamaica. Trauma, he says, makes for good comedy. Since then, he's been making comedy everywhere his fans can find him. YouTube, TikTok, Instagram for Gen Xers like me. He does his bits in Jamaican patois. Like this one where he plays a woman calling her ex after a breakup. Listen to me. I do not want anything from you, okay? I just called to find out if you see my lip balm. I left it over there right before we break up two months ago, and I actually need it. Now, I know you probably have 10 million girls by now, and they're probably in and out, and all of them come and they take the lip balm. And if you ever make a girl use my lip balm, I remember exactly where I left that lip balm, and I am coming to get my lip balm right now because my lips are chopped, and it's been two months, and I can't get any more lip balm, and I can't do it anymore. You can catch him this weekend at the Coral Springs Art Center. He's still telling stories, still laughing about family and culture. So let's ask him about the people that make him laugh. Welcome, Dale. Thank you for having me. That's a very nice introduction. Well, you gave us so much to work with. It's <laughs> like, where do you start? It's great. It's great to have you here, like back in South Florida, right? Yeah, thanks for having me, man. You know, it's it's very much being what I expected of South Florida. You know, it's very hot outside. <laughs> and you st- and you got a you got a sweater because you got the memo. It yeah, gets cold in this because I, I heard it's very cold in here. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but you know, but we're gonna warm it up with some yep. with some good conversation. Great. You know, I um these stories they speak so much so much to me because it's like family is is so much the seed for so much of comedy in our daily lives. You know. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, it, it just got me to thinking about about you know, those characters in your life that led to comedy. Tell me tell me about that. The people that that were comedy to you growing up. So family family for me, family is, is very important. And mm. I'm a very observant people. I'm a very observant person. So growing up in the household that I did, because I never grew up with my mother and my father in a nuclear household, mm-hmm. I was separated. So I always had to spend time with one grandma and then we go to the other one on summers. So one was an extended family. Oh, okay. And that played a major role in getting me to, to become more familiar with my comedic side because it was a bunch of characters. Right. So I lived in a household. It was like 13. Wow, like, like 13. Wow. It was like 13 people. And we're talking part? about cousins. Oh, Kingston, yeah. Jamaica. In Kingston, okay. Yeah, so it's cousins, my grandma her brothers and sisters um my my um uncles it was a lot of people in the household and everybody had a specific character about themselves right so um i had an uncle which is my grandmother's um, brother he was like mentally ill mm. um he was a funny character now we're not making fun of mental illness but <laughs> there are some instances when i was younger we used to find a lot of humor out of it 
we also had because it's those interactions that were the, so interesting. It's the communications right? as a child, right? When you see stuff like that, and then the the household is not always unified, and that's what I love about family. So we would disagree with each other every day, right? Like those moments of disagreement, about the small stuff, something like, for instance. You couldn't store food in the refrigerator. <laughs> so where would you store it? You'd have to eat it. So your you, oh, leftovers okay. don't exist. Mm. Because if you leave it in the refrigerator, somebody's going to eat it. <laughs> that will not be you. I promise you. That sounds like a lot like our station fridge here. <laughs> it, you leave it uh, in there, it, people come get exactly. it. Exactly. So I'm you get kidding. used to it I'm kidding. My coworker's fine. <laughs> don't come at me, coworkers. Oh, no. My family's, they will take my food. <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's the little things. And then... I would go to my other grandmother and then she would have more discipline. Mm. So she, I'd have to get home at a certain time. I'd have to get to school at a certain time. I'd have to be consistent. Um, if I start something, I have to finish it with her. She was way more disciplined. And, and what was that? Where was that grandma? So she was in Kingston, but on the other side of Kingston. Oh, on the other side of Kingston. So That's so, interesting. So it was two different. It was, it was like two different worlds. So you got to pop in and pop out of different. So you got to see it as an outsider because uh, I got in to a way. see the difference. Because yeah. when I went to my other grandmother, it was more of uh, it's closer to her family because she had a husband and like two kids. Oh, it's much smaller family. So it's a much smaller unit. I went there and I'm like, oh, I have my own room here. That's amazing. Because <laughs> you know, I'm coming from like six of us to the room and I'm in a bunk bed closer to the ceiling. Right. <laughs> yeah. And if it rains, I get wet. Oh, man. Are you real? Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. Because it leaks. Yeah. So um, there's, it was, a, it was a different dynamic. Stuff like cable. So one grandma, I would have cable. The other one, my entertainment was the family. We just sit and talk and laugh every day. And that 13 was characters, right? Hey, and when I tell you it's 13 different characters too. Did, did comedy, was that immediately the thing that you were interested in? Because I know you did some acting we talked about at the top there. Did comedy, was that immediately something Com you came into? So or? comedy is the first thing that I've ever done where I, I will always do it. Because mm. I always tell people to do what you love. And do the thing that you do for free until it pays you. Oh, that's funny. That's an and interesting way to look at it. Comedy. Um, I got the role sprinter through comedy. Oh, how so did that I end? never, I never like went and um, I never started out and say, "Oh, I want to be an actor." No, I always did comedy. Comedy. I used to make videos on Instagram. That's how I was found. Oh, so my you, so before you were in the movie, you were making stuff on I Instagram. I was making already. stuff before. I was making vines. Because comedy was oh, my throw outlet. It, throw it back to the kids that exactly. are listening. Six second clips. I used to make six second clips, but that was my outlet because I was in a period of my time where I moved. I moved permanently from the grandmother, which which I had more space, mm -hmm. time to go outside, play. Mm -hmm. She sort of started to, to like lay back and my grandmother realized that, okay, I'm heading to a place now where now is the time that she needs to intervene. And then she took me which I hated. Oh, really? Why? Because it's too much discipline. It's, oh, yeah. No, it's, kids don't like it. Yeah, either. I have to wake up. I have to spread my bed. I'd go home. There'd be no dinner. She, I'd say, oh, why you never make any dinner for me? She's like, oh, you didn't wash the plates last night. What do you want me to cook in? There's, no, there's, there's nothing to eat from. I'm not going to cook if there's nothing to eat. So she would be... Grandma laying down the law. Yeah. yeah. And I hated it. <laughs> yeah, it used, it used to be stuff like... 
we would have a washing machine in the house and she would be like okay we wash the clothes in the washing machine but not you you wash it with your hands <laughs> she's, she's teaching her how to do things the hard way exactly she would do stuff like tell me oh i'm leaving i'm leaving for the weekend so this is what you're gonna do um in the refrigerator we have five pounds of chicken and she just said in a patwa have five pound of chicken and two pound of rice and make it so <laughs> i have to just learn how to cook wow so uh for me coming from a situation where i could stay out late at night nobody i had no accountability mm. in terms of for, for it was more of a soft oh he's a boy so like i would do school work i wouldn't necessarily care like oh my grades and stuff like that my other grandmother never really she had too much to deal with so she cared but it's a lot of us yeah it's a whole different she had the whole di family dynamic yeah she's different. managing a whole family she got her cousins arguing they used to argue about the house every day her, her brothers he's like yo my mother and father place this and she'd be like then pay a bill <laughs> so we'd have a lot of people in the house nobody want to pay bills so it's a total different dynamic so i'm coming from a situation where you don't you're not even sure if the lights going to be on on your way from school depending on, on on how right who send whatever money or so however they don't um allocate resources good enough to, to to pay bills on time stuff like that and then my other grandmother is like total opposite yeah she's she's uh you know carrying the one you know oh, keeping yes. everything keeping everything not missing tight. any decimals nothing right so that leads to comedy right yes you, you managed to find the comedy because i was frustrated Mm. So when I was when I used to live with my other grandmother, I used to sit outside, and I used to talk and laugh until however long I want to, mm. and I would have my friends. That's where I had more of a community, mm. and the community had very funny characters as well. So it would be, it was a it's a different dynamic when I'm in a community that's I I know like. A bunch of like crackheads and, and <laughs> so, <laughs> like you had a really diverse group exactly yeah wow. so it's like a total different world so wow. i'd have a uh, people riding cross i'd know guys call him crackheads we call him like jesus or jabba or marcia we just i had more of a, a community i could jump on my bike ride down the street come back in whenever i want to and then i go to a place where it's like a boot camp so tell me about like so then how does that later lead to comedy yeah tell me about that because there's one point where you're like this is just my life but when do you start to see it from the outside Swiss. Yeah. yeah so after like about a year living with my grandma mm -hmm. i started to realize hey this is not this is not that bad you know i get to have my own room um i have more structure now right and then the frustration I realized that I wasn't the only one going through it, so it was very easy to to translate that to comedy. I got you. Because the things that she used to do, I decided to let me try to mock her on on Vine one day and see what happened. Okay, and so tell I, me about that. So the first video I made was my grandma would have a a thing where she would, so she would come, she would tell me to do something. She would be like Dale. Move this broom from out the way. Mm -hmm. And if I like go out and come back and she still sees it there, she would like create a fit over just the broom. 
So she be like, you mean if you tell me, say, me come in this morning, me wake up early this morning, walk past the broom, and when me come back from work, me have to walk past the broom, the broom again, you know what, me not cook. So I just decided to mock her. Right. And uh, she had a big, my grandmother's pet peeve was water bottles. Okay. So we would have water bottles in the refrigerator. And I just used to just forget to refill them. Mm-hmm. And she would get pissed because she would come home and she's like, yo, I'm thirsty and I can't even drink some water in my own house. You know what? I'm going to throw them away. <laughs> and she would just take up everything out of the fridge and just throw it away. And what and what bit did that become? Like, what was it, what was your bit like? Was it you acting as your grandma? Yeah. So so I said, um, I was like, yo, so, so I'm going to come from work and I can't even drink some water. You know what? I'm going to dash it away. I'm going to just take up everything and just dash it away. And she used to do that. So we used to have to buy like new plates and pots and pans. She like, would just throw it all away. Yeah. When she got upset, <laughs> she just threw everything. Right. And and so you make a vine of this and does it like and, take off? And everybody started to like it. And that was weird to me because I'm like, oh, so I'm not the only one that's going through this. So I I have so much memory of going through it with her. And when I kept on putting it on Vine, I ended up having like 11 million streams. Wow. Just wow. by like... 11 million. Just by mocking her. And just from that, <laughs> you start to realize that there is maybe potential here. Not, not, not yet. Because no. it was just fun. And then I never really started to look at the... Like the the business or the career side of things yet because my grandma used to be so the only way that I will not go to school under my grandmother's roof mm. is if I'm dead <laughs> right um crippled blind deaf dumb sick no matter what <laughs> you go to school hurricane you go to school so after i finished my exams to go to college she said um, you have to go to college. Mm. So I did. I have a background in track and field. So I was doing track and field. I stopped and I started to go to college. And then that way I'm like, it was always just a side thing. Mm. Everybody just know me as the guy that does comedy skits. The funny videos. Yeah, because yeah. I was, I had a, I majored in international relations and marketing in, in university. And what, where did you go to school? I went to the University of the West Indies in mm-hmm. Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So while there, I was still doing it on the side, and I got a call, an unknown number, from uh, Storm Salter, who is the director for Sprinter, for the movie that I did. Mm-hmm. One day I was coming home, and he called me, and he was like, hey, um, I saw somebody recommended me to you. Somebody recommended you to me, and I just want to meet with you uh, to present a proposal for you. Our guest today is Dale Elliott Jr. He's a Jamaican actor and comedian who's on tour with his show, Problem Child, Bad Pickney. You'll be at the Coral Springs Center for the Arts on Saturday evening. So it's like this comedy that you start really as a fun outlet that you then put on social media that gets you discovered. Mm-hmm. So w- where were you experimenting? So Vine Vine died, R.I.P. Vine, Vine. died. I went to Instagram. Oh, so that so became your platform. I, I, yes, and I always tell people, some of the time is not necessarily you have to do what you don't want to do sometimes mm. because doing what I don't want to do got me that role in Sprinter. Oh, like meaning what? So what happened was I was working for an agency at the time mm-hmm. and the the photographer of the agency wanted to do something, a personal favor. 
Okay. And I did not want to do it. All right. And I kept on putting it off. Like what? What was he asking you to do? So he wanted to do. He wanted to enter this photo shoot. Okay. He wanted to enter this this, this photography competition, mm-hmm. and he wanted to use me, but I never wanted to do it. You're like, oh, I got a model for so, this guy now. Not even model. I I was just more annoyed. Hmm. But I knew the. I knew the pictures would come out good. I just never really wanted to do it because I never wanted to find the time to do it. And he caught me. He's like, yo, I'm down by the field. Could you come down and I shoot it? And I'm like, no, the field is closed. And he's like, yeah, we realize it's closed. So we're going to put you on like the road. Oh, make just, it look like you're on a track? And, no, he just he was just like, um, we're just going to do something. So mm-hmm. he removed it and we did the photo shoot in the street Mm -hmm. and I took my shirt off and I was like running I'm running on rocks I'm pissed I I hate it I'm like yo this is a waste of time why are we doing this Mm -hmm. and it turned out that the 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 the, the director was in Norway and somebody was beside him watching sprint watching a video watching my videos and they were laughing so the director was like oh why are you laughing like that let me see it and the person was like, oh, you know, don't you don't know this guy? Watch his videos. Wow. While he's watching the videos, he's scrolling through my Instagram. And then he sees the photo of me running. Amazing. So you're in Jamaica doing this one thing that you don't even want to do. And the director for this film that's looking for a lead is found, just, found exact, your stuff. Used that same photo that I never wanted to take. <laughs> so some of the time, it's, it's always good to, to um, if you have a commitment, you do it. Even for like, I can relate that to exercise, to, to career. I'm sure there's every morning you wake up and you come here. It's not every day you want to come here. Yeah, no. I, today I was like, oh, I'm going to talk to this comedian today. Yeah, exactly. What, am I like, talk oh, to this guy what are we going to talk about now? <laughs> so it's, but yeah, man, I know. So that's interesting. So that you, it finds its way over there. And then that's like a pretty, becomes a pretty big movie. So how old are you more or less at the time? So when he found me, I was 20 years old. 20 years old. Yeah. And so t- that that must have changed your life in a lot of ways. It changed my life in ways that you could never imagine. Because you were not an actor. You had not been thinking specifically about I had no about background it. in acting. I haven't seen my father since like tw- since I was like eight years old. And I haven't seen my mother since I was like five years old. Because where were they at this my point? My father lives in Florida. Okay. And my mom lives in London. And you were saying that... that they like you had family like the a lot mo- of families yeah. uh, they're, the movie they're... basically brought them together wow in terms of um brought me to see them right so for the first time when i came to the states i came with the work visa mm-hmm. and i came to see my father i stopped i stopped i did a layover in fort lauderdale for five hours that's when i met my father because he was here yeah and then i went to london for the premiere and then that's when i met my mother wow so, and how long had it been since you seen your mom I haven't seen my, I, ha, I have, but that time it was, uh, I haven't seen her since I was five years old. Wow. So really, so your extended family growing up was your, they were your everything. My grandmothers. Wow. So leaving them, to leaving them here, must have been hard. To, to move here? Yeah. That was a very tough decision, but it was a decision that I needed to make from, for career wise mm-hmm. in terms of what I wanted for myself. Because, um, yeah. so even for comedy, I, I went to school and I, I want to be a comedian. I want to be an actor. But sometimes it's all about the the chances of creating your own opportunities. Mm-hmm. I really believe in that. I, I am somebody who 
when I say I'm going to do something, I like to do it. I try my best to do it, mm. and I don't I don't do it halfway. Right. So when I decided to move to the states, um, my father petitioned for me, got me here, but I finished my degree, but I never moved to Florida. I used to spend holidays here, oh, but okay. I decided, hey, let me move to Los Angeles. So that's where I live now. I live in California. Right. So I went in California to learn and develop. That's where I grew and have sort of a more more respect and more understanding. I know that I have a business background from school. Mm -hmm. I'm realizing that, oh, well, at least I'm using my background in school for something because now I'm managing these tours that I'm doing in terms of I have the team together, but I am the person who controls my image, um, finds what I need to do. So I know the... Now I know both sides. That's so much of like, really, so many careers begin on social media and, and all those, you and those careers are, are self-started. You're doing everything. You're doing the posting and the editing and all those things. And, and, and now, I'm re it, it, is, it is hard. But you can have a whole career is what you're showing people. is yeah. like, like, you yeah, can you start with one person. Out, right. You have to find out how to leverage your influence. Mm. That's the most important thing. So you can have an Instagram or TikTok or whatever. But until you find a way how to provide value mm. in what you do, because that's more important. So you can be on somebody's Instagram and you can laugh all day. But sometimes you need that person needs to provide value to you. Mm, right. So even the way, even the if type it's of content value, that right. they laugh, mm. the type of content that they laugh at, they got to be, it has to be relatable. You have to try to, you finding a niche is important, but being universally understood is is better and that's what i'm working on right now but f finding a way how to turn the people that follow you into income that is hard mm. and it takes time to build because i've been doing instagram or uh, i've been doing comedy for like 10 years now and i'm 27 right I've just been doing it since I was a kid. I never really, that's why it's like a no-brainer for me because it's something that I've just always been doing. It feels very natural. And it's always been there. Your your grandmothers were such a source of comedy for you growing up, but then coming here to the States, did then, then connect better. coming to the States and connecting with your dad in a way and then connecting with your mom, that must have, did that add a wrinkle to, yes. to your, your performance, right? Yeah, because I met my dad and my dad is a mechanic. Okay. So... Is he here in, in uh, yes. still in Fort Lauderdale, yeah, right? He lives, he, he lives in West Palm. Do you want to shout out, Dad? Oh, yo, big up, Dale. Big Dale. I'm junior, so he's, he's senior. Big up, big, big Dale. Big up, Dale Elliot senior. But um, my father is, is a character in himself and his friends. Because you know guys that do trades. They all meet up every day. They play dominoes. Yep, my dad was like that, a big yeah. domino guy. Yep. They play dominoes. They, they just sit, have a drink here and there. And you see him, like, you start to see people like a character. Like, your dad, has he become a character, so to speak, a character yeah, in your so comedy? I have a, I have a mechanic character. Oh, so I yeah. always just go to my dad and take his clothes. <laughs> you dress up like your dad? Yeah, That's dress awesome. up like a mechanic. And he has friends that are, like, construction workers or whatever. So mm -hmm. I just find him. I'm like, oh, hello. Give me your clothes. Let me mock you. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, very observant. So right. I like to sit and understand people and then try to... To, to make whatever I'm doing, it has to be 
relatable. It has to be something that somebody has seen before. And how do they respond to it? Your dad, your grandmas, when they see the comedy and the people re- seeing people react to it, what is it like for them to see it? It's funny because when I just started, my grandmother used to tell me to stop mocking her <laughs> until she realized that, oh, people are actually, she's like, oh, you're actually, I ended up on like TV when I was in Jamaica and she was like, this took you to TV, this little thing on your phone? Because you know how parents are, they don't want you in their phone at night and stuff like that. Oh, that's funny. So she's like, yo, you need to stop mocking me. And then she starts seeing it. Even my father now, my father even gets work because I'm because big in like the, the Caribbean community as well. So when I, my dad will go somewhere and he'll be like, oh, I'm Dale Elliott. And they're going to be like, wait, is, is um, Dale Elliott Jr. your son? And then, so he's like, now he's getting perks and stuff like that. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I, you know what I what I love about your comedy too is that you really embrace your your culture. You know, um, a lot of the comedy is is in in Jamaican patois, right? Yes. Like you slip back and forth, and you know what? It, tell me about that. About f- literally playing into that niche, right? Like like Finding really, the niche. yeah. The this is this is what I realized. So if I come here. In America is a big place with a lot of immigrants, a great, mm-hmm. a great place of opportunities. Majority of people that live here, either they're an immigrant or their parents was an immigrant, mm. but it's coming from somewhere. So being here, you have to find a way to stand out. Right. Exactly. And, and what, is, what is that? Because, I mean, there's one thing from going, you know, doing videos on a phone. It's another thing to be doing it on a stage, right? Yes, and it's totally different. And you have a show on Saturday. I have a show on Coral Saturday Springs. in Coral Springs. Tell me about what it's been like those first few times where you're doing shows, and it's not just you know you performing for a camera; it's, it's you performing for an it audience. It was totally different, but is is because the reason why I started stand up, I I wrote a list down in 2022. I had a list, a list, and okay. I had the things that I needed to get done for the year. Okay, and it was like. December 20th. <laughs> and you hadn't done anything and on I the list? I hadn't done any stand-up. <laughs> okay. And an opportunity came, and the person was like, hey, we have a show on December 30th. You can come and you can do it. So it ended up, I did it. Thirty peop- uh, 300 people came to the show. Wow, where was that? It was in Canada. The first show I ever did on my own. Was in Canada. Yeah. I and what was the crowd like? It was a, it was, the thing is, because my, my community, like the, the, the Caribbean community and the diaspora, mm-hmm. they, they loved me. So 300 people came, but it was like, we, we, it was like a week or two of promotion. So I was like, okay, let me, I need to make sure that this is, this is done well. Right. But because I'm used to crowds, because in university, you have to do presentations every week. My degree involved me speaking to, to classes and lecture rooms all the time. And I always try to sneak a joke in. So when right, I the went crowd up on your there, side, right. I'm like, okay. The crowd was already on my side because mm-hmm. they already knew who I was. Mm-hmm. So it was easier. And then I'm doing things that are relatable. Right. So, was, was there a moment in that performance that really struck you like, Something is different now. Something this is has what changed. I'm going to do. Oh. So when I, after I did the first show, I, uh, I said, okay, may, maybe that was a blip because it was only for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, I said, somebody asked me, somebody booked me again for Toronto. This time when I came back to Toronto, it was a thousand people. Wow. 
so it moved from 300 to a thousand and I remembered when I walked out on the stage what I had planned I forgot everything <laughs> I never remember I was like oh I never I'm like this is a lot of people in front of me but I calmed down I because I always I play music to get familiar with like my grandma calm down and then I did my set and everybody loved it and then after that I'm like I can do this and this is fun because because I'm talking about myself and people our guest today is Dale Elliott Jr. He's a Jamaican actor and comedian who's in town for his show, Problem Child, Bad Pickney. I'm curious that, you know, you have this moment where this movie opens up this whole a career for doors. you. Right? And, uh, and that's a, has that led for your, has that made you interested in doing more of that? Because the, yes. the movie was well-received. It like it's got like a 75 fresh uh, percent on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and, and I went to, I won at the ABFF. We won a... Uh, four out of five awards at the American Black Film Festival. David Allen Greer was great in it. Yeah. The movie changed a lot and it made me want to do a lot more. The movie released officially in like 2020 during the pandemic. Yeah, it's streaming right now on a, on a exactly. couple of platforms you can find so it. So I moved to the US November 2019 and then the pandemic came. So for 2020, 2021, Everything, you know, was really like shut down. Yeah. So I decided, let me take this time and build. And now you can hone your comedy exactly. and that's your stage presence. So tell me about that, about about taking something that's, you know, on social media. And then you have this quiet period where, you know, there's people aren't making movies, even though you've had the success. Yeah. And tell me about how you how you start using this performing to hone your comedy and your stand up. Yeah. So what really happened was I started to I started to go in YouTube because mm -hmm. I realized that even though that's why my, my, my biggest thing is creating your own opportunities. Mm -hmm. I was never going to sit and wait on a roll. Right. You weren't just waiting for the next exactly. one. Like, hey, even I was though in I live in L.A., but I'm not going to sit and say, oh, I'm this guy. So I'm going to sit and wait on another role because it's, it, it's not really like that. Right. So you have to start putting in the work. Right. So when I moved there. I started to one, you know, I'm I'm a fresh immigrant. I got a job. I was driving Uber for a while till I got a room, got a roommate. You know, I had to build in America before I could have done anything. So I just continued to do my Instagram videos and my YouTube. So you're doing Instagram, you're doing YouTube and you're driving an Uber. And the Uber, I'm sure that left it, that led to some comedy the, too. The, yes, <laughs> as I'm saying, I'm seeing people. Yeah. So the, I did Uber to move out. I did Uber to to stay with my roommate, but I stopped because I was like, yeah, I need to find out how to earn from what I'm doing. So that's when I was more into. Let me start doing YouTube. Let me start developing myself as a brand. Let me start trying to sell merch. Right. Let me be more respectable because at the end of the day, you can have a bunch of followers, but how do you how do you manip use it for right. for something good? Right. How do you how do you give them what? How do you give each other what you need? I'm curious. You you mentioned the diaspora, right? Like in, like you said, America's so big. There's so many pockets and places to of make people. yourself well known. Tell talk to me about the reaction that you've seen like when you do shows and you yeah, exactly. like what your shows are like take me through what the crowd is like what the interaction is like the people are always excited mm -hmm. they're always asking oh where's your where's your grandma or 
uh, who are you going to mock this week? <laughs> or you should take your time with us today. Like if, if somebody who's in the crowd, like if you're at the front and you're in the crowd, you just need to be... Be very confident. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna get it. You're gonna. I'm get gonna try to, to to make fun of you. All right. But it's all it's it's always a nice feeling to to when even if, if you can get ten people in a room, mm -hmm. you're somebody. You have to if as long as when you speak, you get you you impact somebody. That is why I prioritize my YouTube a lot because that's when I do my own podcast. You know, Dale Elliott TV. Mm -hmm. Because now I get to sit and speak to people. For like an hour, so I know who they are. Right. But on Instagram, you can listen to me for 30 minutes, uh, uh, 60 seconds, mm -hmm. and then you get a laugh, and then, and that's that. That's it. You, I'm just a scroll. Right. So I wanted to not be just a scroll. Right. You so wanted to engage people in a in a yeah, different way. I wanted to meet people, let them see that oh, I really am doing what I what I tell you guys that I'm doing and and building my brand and. I have my own production company. So I have to start pushing it that way because even in, in my diaspora, there's there's not much like Caribbean comedians out there. There is a few, but in terms of you see how like Mexicans have like like George Lopez and 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 um I don't remember the other guys. You don't you don't have like there. a huge field of, yeah, there, of there's of not that one that you there's not see. that one international local um, there's not that one international comedian and I'm trying to make that difference I'm trying to bridge that gap trying to, to be the, the there. Usain Bolt of uh, Usain Bolt of Jamaican comedy right now that's what I need to be <laughs> that's the aim right now you know you talked a lot about you know your your dad being here your mom being in London and I know it's that's a common thing for a lot of folks in the diaspora. Oh, like super people common. leave their country and they're sending money back to help fam like families that have like thirteen people. Yeah. Do you find that in your comedy when you're telling those stories, you find p commonalities with other people? Like they and, can identify and with. That is why it works so much because yeah. people, like the the average thing is, you know, Jamaica suffers from a lot of brain drain. You know, people come. You live here and they try to send money back. I was a product of that and I and I ended up being one of the same people. The moment they finished their degree, they moved. You left Jamaica. Now you now do you find yourself also sending oh, I'm, money back I, to I, 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 that's the thing. I end up now I'm on the other side. I used to be asking for money, now I have to be sending back the money. <laughs> do you do you identify does that help I you? I understand identify? with them more. Yeah, do you identify with your mom or dad now? Yeah, because I used to be like, yo, why they not sending no money? And then I'm realizing the bills don't stop. Yeah, the, the the bills in America is, is different. You yeah. know, in Jamaica, you can like say to your landlord, "Hey, I, I got you next week." <laughs> yeah, in, in in America, you're homeless. If you don't pay your car note, you come back outside. You don't see your car. Right. And then it's the small ones that get you here. America got some little small fees. You you know the little Netflix. Yeah. And this one dollar a month, mm -hmm. that ten dollar a month, that seven, and those free subscriptions. They Damn get you. They they bring you in with the free, and then it's like, uh, yeah. Then and, they got and, you hooked, and then they just get you. So it, it's it's a different it's a different dynamic. So it's always nice when I can let everybody else relate because we're all going through the same thing, right? So it's always good to to bring that to them because there is no for comedy in in within my Caribbean people, they don't really see that often. They right. go and they watch. Like Kevin R and Dave Chappelle and um, Cat Williams, but they're not in our world. Mm. 
right? And you're closer to that word. I'm curious what it's like when you go to Jamaica now. I I haven't been back since I left because I've been just put in the work, mm-hmm. put it in work. Mm-hmm. But I will go very soon. Just to, um, but I want to go back there in a way where I'm going back to do either a show or going back to help. Like I have to try. I don't know. I need a non-prop. I I need something to do when I go back there to be like okay now I'm I'm making a difference do you what kind of feedback do you get from family and oh, friends in Jamaica like what do you like is your phone always blown up after like a new skit or whatever that you put they, on, online now because I've been doing it so long they they just know that that is what I do now so like my grandmother when when I do a skit they just like send it to her she's laugh actually I'm picking her up from the airport when I leave here Oh, is that right? Shout yeah. out to Grandma. What's her name? Pat, <laughs> Miss Pat. Miss Pat. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm picking her up in a. Um, I'm. I'm gonna pick her up at the airport because um, I'm taking her to the show on Saturday. So I want her to see that hey, you know, it's worked out. You know, I mocked you every day, but hey, it's working <laughs> out. So she's flying in from Kingston. Yeah, she's to coming watch from Kingston show. to watch the show on Saturday. Is this the first show that she's seen, or she's seen your show? No, before? she's never seen me do shows. She's oh. always just she's seen the movie. And she's seen my skits. So I I told her I'm doing a show. So I'm like, you know, I want you to be here. So I flew her up to see the show. Has she she been here before? Yeah, she's been to the States a couple of times. Okay. But she's never watched the show. And because I live in California, I think the last two times when she was here, I never saw her. Oh. So how are you feeling now? Like you're a couple days out from having your grandma be be in the audience. That's like just... You were once a little kid in her house, and you're making fun of her being strict. so annoyed. Which grandma is it? By the strict grandma? This or is the strict grandma. Strict grandma. So yeah. now, now you're gonna have her on stage. Like no, she's gonna be in the. She's I mean, gonna I mean, be sitting. You're gonna be. She's gonna watch you on stage, and I'm yeah. curious what that's. You have you th- spent some time thinking about? Yeah, that? there's there, there's a bunch of things that I hate about that situation because now, so my grandmother is like the supreme ruler of everything. <laughs> so what I'm worried about now is that I'm in control of everything. I am now worried that even the people that I am, like even my team, now my team is going to see somebody that's like, Dale, come here. You go over here. You do this. Because my grandmother, she will walk into this room and start telling you what to do. And She's you're in like, charge. yes, ma'am. So I just don't want, I, I'm not excited for that. You know what I mean? Well, man, <laughs> I, I, think that, I think that's another video coming right away with the exactly, gra- grandma in got, charge. But it's true. I, it's, 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 that that one person that always have authority over you, yeah, that is her, right? Well, I, I'm there is a part of me that thinks that like you know you're also you know you're you're sending money back home. You have yes. this diff- you have this different relationship, right, with Jamaica. You're like on the other side of it now. Yeah. How do you see things differently now? You know, versus when you were a kid growing up in that situation. Now that you're here. And you're, you know, the way that you look back at Jamaica, how do you see things differently? I see things, and I see things from both sides now. Mm. Um, I see where people here can do more for people in Jamaica, mm. and I see where people in Jamaica don't necessarily. I see where, like, some of like my uh, like family, because here you come here, you have to, you have to work here. So yeah, there's no like uh, day off. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I feel like maybe a lot of people here they don't. A lot of people here don't feel the gratitude when they receive the money because simple stuff like thank you. I never really. I never told my dad thanks. 
I used to just be like, yo, you send the money? And he sent it, and I'm just like, I just hung up, and, and I'm about my way. And I realized that, oh, maybe those stuff are important because the people mm. here are work hard. Mm. So I used to go to, um, when I'm going to college, my father would help me with tuition and stuff. And when I moved to the States, and I see how hard he works, mm. like he's driving around every day under dirty cars every day, people telling him they'll pay him next week and this and that. And I'm like, yo, when I'm home in Jamaica with my feet up in air conditioning, at, yeah, I'm waiting for this guy to send me three, four hundred dollars. So I never, I never looked at it like that at all. Wow. So you definitely got a different perspective. Exactly. You got, you got but, both the sides of it. But I see there's people here that have the opportunity to do more for, for the people folks back, back home. home. Mm-hmm. For for instance, you can go to a party here, and you can and and you know Miami is super expensive. Oh yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The price that I see guys that buy alcohol for, mm-hmm. or even pay to park, mm-hmm. the fifty dollars you pay to park, you know what fifty dollars can do for somebody back in Jamaica. Oh wow! And I look at stuff like that, and I'm like, yo, you could have been doing you could have done more because here it's like you're you're here and you're spending the money but you don't understand how much that can do for somebody back home and they all kind of like hoard it to them to themselves really or give it to people that's not as important so it's like your comedy is based on observation observations that are that are real like that are sometimes you know really heavy Heavy things, yeah. but finding, but then there's that skill, right? That you yeah, have. You have to find have. humor. You have to find the humor in it. How do you how do you make people laugh about something that's serious, right? That's always the the question. Well, um, some it it depends on on what it is. So, for mm. instance, like Florida, Florida is hot. Florida is extremely hot. But did you know that the sunscreen was created in Florida? I did not know that. Exactly, but you know why now, right? Because yeah, how hot it is. Because how hot it is. <laughs> exactly. The um, air conditioning, we're cold right now. This was invented in Florida. Yeah, that's right. And on Tampa, I want to say. Un- yeah, somewhere up there, but now you understand why. Yeah, because this is the kind of place that would be like, God, I wish it could be oh, a little oh bit cooler. Oh, my God. Florida is the only place that's hot at 12 in the night. <laughs> Yeah, and this is like part of your South Florida comedy, right? Like, exactly. So tell me about your show on Saturday. Like, is, does this play in? What kind of things are, are you going to be talking about for your um, show this weekend? For my show, it's all about family. It's titled Problem Child. So it's my upbringing from where I could have went mm. to where I am now with inclusion of my family, immigrants, how it is building yourself here, mm-hmm. developing a character monetizing trying to do what you love and earn from it right that's that's ripe for comedy that kind of having to live the lifestyle yeah yeah just been doing it the way how the way i'm planning to the way how you set it up because now my my grandma is there and i'm going to be talking about her in she's going to be right in front of me when i'm talking about her right did she call you a bad picnic oh yeah so my my nickname was problem your nickname <laughs> yeah so my my name was problem i think your grandma was a comedian too if she nicknamed who nicknamed you problem her <laughs> yeah. she she called me problem child or she called me uh devil little devil <laughs> and so so tell me about like what kind of things did you do that that 
made poor grandma call you the little devil? I would I would do some stuff like I would give a lot of trouble at school. I would get into a lot of fights. Oh. I would uh, play in her house and like destroy her furniture. Because um, cause she like loved to have like plants and stuff. Sometimes I'd be playing, I'd mess it up. Or she'd give me my lunch money for the week and I'd spend it all. Right. And, right. and it, but it was always me getting into trouble. Right. Whether it is fighting, getting home late from school, staying out too late, going to parties. Um, she would pop up at a party. I try to disappear. So it's 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 a list of all the stuff that I do with her that just made me a hard a hard kid to be a good parent to. Uh, what are there some characters that you did on your social media that uh, that you find popping up in your stand up now? Like, yes. Like who? Give me some characters that we can expect. So for instance, like people, my grandma has a specific voice, and I always mimic her. Let's hear it. Yeah, man. So anytime when me I go make a video, me always try use that kind of voice here, because <laughs> the people in the in the audience know that voice, they feel more of a connection with that person now, because now they're actually seeing me do it, and a lot of people don't know that it's it's me doing the voice. Right. So that's a big thing for people when I'm talking about the mechanic now. My dad is sitting right there. And they can validate what I'm saying because it's the truth. Are you excited to see their reactions, to see these two folks who you turned into characters, you know, for comedy? Yeah, it's just being in the being, yeah. being the front row. Um, yeah, I know, I know my dad. My father is um pretty old school Jamaican. He probably gonna be outside playing dominoes somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gonna find a way to to be doing something. He's like, your show's right in the middle of my domino game. I can't go. My dad is the coolest person ever. I never seen that man stress over anything. Oh, that's funny. Okay, so you mentioned your list that you just got around to that that one year that you hadn't done anything on your list. Do you have a list for 2023, 2024? Or is, uh, so, is there something you're trying to get done before the end of the year? Yeah, so for some of the times they say you shouldn't say it because you block the blessing, but for now, <laughs> I I had on my list the amount of followers that I needed to get. I need to get to I wanted to get to 700k. Before the end of the year. Okay. It's September. I'm like 3,000 followers from 700K. All right. So I'm definitely going to get there. I wanted to put on my own show. I have 10 because have 10 it's a shows. tour. Okay, 10 shows. So I have 10 shows and I wanted to get my YouTube to 100K subscribers. Now I'm at 60. And um, so this is your vision board. This is kind of like your vision board. Yeah, and I never believed in that. I, yeah. I only started doing vision board because I moved to America and met somebody that do that does it. <laughs> that, that's a very American thing. And a I'm like, board. I don't believe that. That's stupid. And then the first time I tried it, and then I went back the end of the year, and I'm like, oh, this it's good to write things down that you want to accomplish. It works. You put down your goals on paper, and then he gives you something to shoot for. Exactly. But at the end of the day, goals are just dreams if you don't do anything. Right. In the last couple of seconds that we have, tell me about uh, if there's, if, are you, is there one joke you're, you're hoping to land that will land this weekend? That will land? or, or um, It all depends. Um, for instance, like I can talk about like Florida. Florida always works yep. um, depending on the state. So you know Florida set up with different different airports so you go to like you go to west palm airport west palm is more chill there's really nothing there it's a bunch of people that's like rich They're like oh that's nice you go to fort lauderdale airport 
it's like you're going to Jamaica. Everybody's a Jamaican or a Haitian. And I don't know why I feel like JetBlue hires everybody that's Jamaican. And then you go to Miami, nobody speaks English. <laughs> well, well, you're gonna get that. You're gonna get that feeling in just a, in just a couple minutes when you go pick up Grandma, uh, Dale. Thank you so much for spending the hour with us. Thank man. you. And that's Sundown for Wednesday, September 13th. Leslie Obaye Atkinson is our lead producer. Elisa Baena is our producer and social media editor. Sergio Bustos is WLRN's VP of News, and Katie Munoz is our director of live programming. Peter J. Mertz is WLRN's VP of Radio. Engineering our board is Richard Ives. Our theme music is by the Miami Afro-Cuban funk band Palo at GoPalo.com. You can download a podcast of this program. Just search for WLRN Sundial on your podcast app. Coming up tomorrow on the program, she's in Miami to write her first novel. Siham Inshasi is a recipient of this year's Emerging Writer Fellowship from the Miami Book Fair. She'll talk to us about how she's honing her craft in Miami. I'm Carlos Frias. Good vibes only. WLRN Public Media.